Welcome to the Rose City Forum. Hey, everybody, it's Thanksgiving week. Yay! Oh, there's so much good things that come with Thanksgiving. I love this time of year as our thoughts turn to the holidays. The leaves are almost all turned out there everywhere you look. All the shades of red and orange and rust and ambers and browns. And yes, it's true, we got to rake that stuff all up. But I'll tell you what... How cool is it when we get to get out there and be in the smell of the pine in the air and the air is crisp with that chill and you're all bundled up and you got your rubber boots on. Mine had a hole in it actually filled full of water. It was kind of weird. But anyway, uh, yeah, you know what? Raking up leaves, wet or dry, whatever, we're outside and we're enjoying this time of year and we are so grateful. And all about us, everybody, going here and there, our folks and kids, and they're all bundled up in their warm coats and hats and mittens and boots, and they're moving about with the anticipation of the holiday season full of cheer just ahead, around the corner, and everywhere you look, Christmas is already out in the stores. I saw it. Trees, ornaments, every kind of toy and every kind of thing, and it's screaming, buy me, buy me, buy me. But it's not yet Christmas. We haven't put the turkey in the oven yet. Yes, it's Thanksgiving, and our thoughts turn not only to that holiday feast of turkey with all the extra sides of plenty, which of course includes the stuffing and the potatoes and the gravy, cranberries, yams, and pies. Can't forget the pumpkin pie, right, Roger? You know, you got to have that. And then, oh yes, of course, more whipped cream. Pile it on, please. Can you spray, empty that can? Well, unless you're somebody who actually whips it up yourself, which is kind of cool. But don't overdo it. It'll turn to butter. But that's okay. You can put that on the rolls anyway. <laughs> you can tell that I love this time of year, everybody. And a kind of a tradition around our house is the very next day, the day after Thanksgiving, with still all of that food crammed in our bellies, I try to get up in the loft and start dragging down all the Christmas decorations. And, uh, well, <laughs> if you've ever seen the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving where Snoopy throws up the garage door and it's just jammed full of all kinds of stuff, that's my garage. And uh, I've got to kind of, I don't know, it's almost like crowd surfing. I kind of have to get on the top and then have maybe have my wife pull me across with a rope so I can finally kind of slither my way up into the loft and try to pull down everything. Uh, but yeah, I'll tell you what, this time of year, it's like, oh yeah, where's that Santa? Where's that, where's that, what's that ornament thing I'm looking for? Oh, the nativity? Oh, I left that up there? Oh, okay, let me grab that too. And uh, my wife's just like, you're insane. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I love it so much. This time of year is so great. And we like to get out and get the lights up. And it's really fun when we do it around our neighborhood because everybody out there on our street just gets into it. So the whole street just gets lit up and it looks great. And we've kind of been kicking around the idea that we could turn that into maybe something more where people could drive through our street and look at all the lights and everything. We can't quite get that together. Maybe someday we will. But my neighbor was out last year, same time as me, day after Thanksgiving and He's putting his lights up, I'm putting mine up, and the strands were all tangled with him and with me, and we were looking at each other like, what are we doing out here, man? I mean, we're like, you know, the lights and the, they're all twisted, and I'm trying to untangle these things, and I could hear him, you know, you know, and getting a little worked up, and, <laughs> and then we looked at each other, and we just had a big laugh and a chuckle like, 
Yeah, here we are again, you know. And uh, I remember particularly last year it was absolutely freezing. And so I'm out there trying to unravel these things. And they didn't have to be laying out on the grass very long for them to get all frozen. And then it was really hard to pull everything apart and and all of that. But, oh, it's so great, though, when everything is finally up. Can you throw that switch for the first time and nothing happens? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but some of you are probably relating. You're like, dude, you're describing my life. Exactly. But uh, but it is fun. You know, you throw on that switch and everything lights up and you come out in the middle of, of the night and you look at it and you're admiring your handiwork and you're saying, ah, oh, it's great to be alive, you know. And uh, isn't it just a great time of year? I mean, it's around this time uh, churches start getting ready for the holiday season as well, or maybe they've even been practicing for their Christmas programming all the way back in the summertime. But this is the time of year we start thinking about caroling and, and getting out with our neighbors. And, and then, of course, there's Black Friday, which I've never done, and I never will. So don't try to even get me to do it. It isn't going to happen. Roger in the studio booth there is looking at me like, yeah, absolutely. I'm in agreement. Thumbs up, Tim. We're just going to go have Starbucks. We're not going to, to no store. <laughs> so I would, you know, in the stampede, who wants to go through that? Man, I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. But, you know, everybody, I'm so thankful for you, the listeners, and for being here with us today on the Road City Forum. And something that we would really like to do with you today, uh, because this is a holiday week, and I will actually be heading out of the area for our festivities. And we're going to rerun today's program on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. And I want to give you an opportunity that if you'd like to call into the program and just give about a, you know, 15, 30 seconds to say what you're thankful for. We will get that all recorded. It'll go out live today, but it'll play again as a best of on Thursday on Thanksgiving, and you can gather around the radio while you're cooking all of that food. Just pop it on in your kitchen while you're getting everything ready for the feast and family to come, and you can enjoy hearing all of those greetings and even yourself hey you might get famous you never know so go ahead and call in if you'd like to do that the number is 503-242-1330 that's 503-242-1330 just give us a call roger will get you up on the air we'll say hello to you and we'll get that thanksgiving greeting and get that on the air for you now we as i said love this time of year and we're very grateful and very thankful for the place we live here, the United States of America. I'm particularly mindful, everyone, that in the time that I have, I've been given a, a very rare and a special opportunity, one hour every day, to come on the air, to share thoughts, to muse about any number of things that we hear in the news, to talk about politics, to bring on great guests. As last week, we had a wonderful first week of the new Rose City Forum, and we were able to explore all kinds of things. We had George Ledoux of the Identity Project. We had Linda Paz on about uh, the Matthew House and how they serve families of prisoners and those incarcerated and those families that get left behind. And then we had, of course, Jerry Tyndall on 
from the Brookside Inn, and we talked about their special ministry that they're doing with the, the Inn and the Grow International program and so on. And the fact that I get this opportunity, that I get to come on the air in a country where I have freedom and I have the opportunity to share these thoughts of my own, your thoughts, have you call in and share and have guests be able to share their thoughts, whether we agree or disagree, what a great thing it is that we can do this. And we never have to fear that soldiers will storm the station and arrest me and Roger and Sonny and others here and drag us away and put us in a dungeon or something. No, we don't have to worry about that because here we have a wonderful thing called freedom based on our Constitution and our Bill of Rights and the First Amendment that grants us the right to speak our mind and to say the things, uh, whether uh, agreed or disagreed, we can even speak of our leaders in sometimes terms less than flattering, but we're not going to be arrested for that. And... I have been in places all over the world, folks, where that is not true, where you cannot speak as I am doing now on the radio or on the corner of some square out in the city or wherever. You're not allowed to do that. There's no speaker's corner. There's no place where you can go to share your thoughts. No. Share your thoughts in any way that is deemed as subversive. They will take you away. But here, we do not have to worry about that. And you know, everybody, I'm thankful for a lot of other things, too. And there are almost more than I can count, but I'll try to enumerate just a few. I'm grateful for my wife. We hit our 21st year this year, and we got quite a stride, and we got many, many more to come. But in 21 years, like any other marriage, we've had our ups and our downs, and we've had our sideways things happen, and we've had lots of difficulty in ministry, hardships financially, And all of those things, but I will tell you that we persevered because God was with us and we had faith and we believed in him. But I am like the most blessed individual because I have a great wife who stands alongside me. She is my partner. She's my friend. She's the most trusted advisor that I have in my life. And she is just an extraordinary human being. In all truth and frankness, truly, I mean, just about any man says that about his wife. But I will tell you something more. I have never met not even one person who does not like my wife. And I've never seen that before. I mean, there are people I know don't like me. There are people that I've met who I knew others didn't like them and so on. or what. And then a lot of people who do and whatnot. But with my wife... It's like the one person where I've never heard anyone, not even one person, have a negative thing to say about her because she's so kind-hearted and, and loving and, and caring of people. And it's she's just a wonderful human being. And even if she wasn't my wife, I would still think that. I would think this is a wonderful person, just a special individual. Another thing I'm really grateful for is our church. Man, I love our church. We had a blast yesterday in church. We did our own big Thanksgiving feast. We talked about the holidays, and and we talked about Ephesians chapter 5 and giving thanks always, and we had a great discussion. We had the kids sit with us. 
this time we didn't do our children's ministries. We had them with us. And man, I'm telling you, what smart kids. These kids are so smart. I was telling them, I said, you guys, I should just step down off the pulpit and let you guys do the preaching because they were amazing the way they would answer these questions. So I just love it. I just love church. I love what it's all about, the worship and the, the time and the word and the fellowship and the camaraderie. And it's, it's a special place to be, you guys. And I know you feel that way about your own church as well. And you should because God made the church to be a great place to be. And then there are friends and, of course, family. I've got my mom out there and her husband, David, my brother, Brian, and his wife and their kids. They live out in Idaho. And then there's my niece and nephew, Kyle and Lily, and their mother, Jill. I love them all to death. They're just great people. And, of course, uh, so grateful for the staff here at KKPZ. Roger, our engineer, looking right across at me, always giving me uh, the information I need when I need it and telling me when to stop talking, which he's probably think is a good idea in just a few moments when we take our break. And then, of course, there's Sonny, the station manager, who keeps everything flowing as it needs to, and Paul, our uh, station manager. And, uh, you know, you got Roger, Sonny, and Paul, where it kind of sounds like a folk singing group. And uh, maybe I could pull that off somewhere in here. I'll get them to try and do a, I don't know, we'll do like a quartet or something. <laughs> but anyway, I'm also grateful for my associates and ministry partners at Unlimited Capacity Ministries, Continents for Christ, the pastors of the Fellowship of Christian Assemblies. These guys threw their support in a huge way for our new church plant here in Beaverton. I'm grateful for this nation and PDX Metro where we live and all of that said, the most the thing that I'm grateful for, you guys, is our Lord and Savior, without whom I would not be alive to tell the story of His grace and love. Everybody, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about reasons why we should be thankful. Hi, my name is Angel, and I am thankful, thankful for everything that the Lord gave to me. I am thankful for my ability to sing, dance, and play guitar. I am grateful that I will become a rock star when I grow up. Hi, my name is Angelina, and I would like, I am thankful that I have family, friends, and a home to live in. Well, it's wonderful to hear all of those individuals leaving their Thanksgiving greetings and the reasons why they're thankful. If you'd like to call in here at the Rose City Forum and leave your Thanksgiving greeting, you can do so by calling 503-242-1330. We'd love to have you call in again, 503-242-1330, and share why you are thankful this season. You know, Ephesians 520 says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a great scripture. I mean, the words always and for everything bring to mind for us the idea that we can find reasons to be thankful. Again, for all things, all the time, always, for everything. Now, folks, I admit that that can be a challenge. I mean, if we look at the news, especially in the last couple of weeks, we say, wow, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not feeling too thankful right now. And I'm frustrated with all the things that I see. 
But this verse really is speaking to an idea that has to do with the quality of the Christian life, everybody. The fact that we are able to be thankful even in the hard times and to recognize that God is good all the time. And in fact, we don't have time today on the program to go in and look at the context of this passage in its entirety, but it is speaking of an idea, a very important one that has to do with how we are to walk, and we are to walk in love. That is what this passage is essentially telling us. And it's the idea of a contrast between will we be people who walk with a swagger, with our head held high, with the confidence of knowing we serve a great God, a God who is active as a participant in our life, and he's working in our life, even in the hard times and trials? Or will we walk as a drunkard with a, a stagger in a way that is unbecoming to that which the Lord deserves our very best? In fact, that is why it says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And everybody, I want to encourage you that this word that is used here, this idea that is conveyed, be filled with the Spirit, is not a one-time event. It's a continual, ongoing thing. And I'll tell you what, when you think about how God works in our life like that, that we can bring all of our uh, thoughts, our ideas, our troubles, our trials, and all the good things before him and say, God, your will be done, because that's what we were looking for. And, and in this passage, it also talks about how we are to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one another. Guys, that's why I love the church, because, and I'm so grateful for the church, because what it's about is the fellowship, the intimacy of the believers coming together. Those of us that Jesus says are my bride, and he takes such pride in us, and he's so grateful for us. How could we not return that back to him and say, oh, God, I'm so grateful for what you give me on a regular basis. You know, I just want to wax on just a little bit more about why we need to be thankful, why the proclamation of Thanksgiving, which first started with George Washington and later was uh, signed, sealed, and delivered by Abraham Lincoln as a special holiday in the United States of America and later reaffirmed by other presidents like uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, FDR, which I understand, I think he changed the day to try to facilitate more retail sales during the Great Depression, of which he was uh, chastised quite a bit, if I recall. Well, I don't recall because I was there, <laughs> but I recall because I read it somewhere. But then he reluctantly signed a permanent bill that said, okay, fine, we will uh, let it be um, celebrated as we do today. And so uh, what a great thing that in this nation we're able to uh, talk about these things and why we celebrate and so on. Well, one of the particular reasons that I'm so thankful and grateful right now has to do with how two years ago I came very close to potentially losing my life. I had stents put in my heart, and if you're not sure what that is, a stent is a special device that they put in the arteries of the heart to open those blood vessels to feed the oxygenated blood to the heart itself. You have uh, arteries that graft off the aorta and other parts of the heart that actually feed the heart muscle, and if those arteries become uh, diseased or clogged in some way, they can close off completely and you will have what we know as a heart attack. And in my case, 
I was having atypical symptoms. I was not having the normal angina and the pain that you would associate with heart disease. However, I was having a strange pain in my back, something that we thought was uh, something to do with my spine, maybe a slipped disc or pinched nerve. Well, the long and short of it all was after a bunch of testing, I was sent to a cardiologist to have an angiogram. And it was mostly just a routine thing, just to rule everything out. I'd had the stress test and all the different things that you need to have, and all of that was inconclusive. Well, sure enough, they are checking me out, and the cardiologist leans over and says, Mr. Moore, you have two 90% blockages and one which is 100% blocked. And the 100% block is what we call the Widowmaker artery. It's the one that if... It completely occludes and clogs. You will have a massive coronary. Most people do not survive it. And he said, I am standing over you today to tell you that you should be dead because yours is 100% occluded or closed off. And then he explained to me, but something amazing has happened to you. You have these very small collateral arteries that are filling with blood and feeding that part of your heart that otherwise would have died. And he says, now, we'll be able to fix the two 90% blockages, no problem. But the 100% one, I don't know. It's in a hard place to get to. We will try. But if we can't, you will need emergency bypass surgery today. Now, I'm laying there on the table, and I have something in me called the twilight drug. At least that's what they called it. I don't know what it was. And I was just laying there, and I looked up at the cardiologist, and I went, oh, well... I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> and so I think I wasn't exactly cognitive of the seriousness of the moment. Uh, but he goes away and I can hear him like, do, 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 oh, and he's like, uh, oh, that's very interesting. You know, I can hear him talking and he's working over me. And all of a sudden he goes, oh, that's very good. And oh, that's looking good. And then he leans over and says, Mr. Moore, you just dodged the bullet, he said. And he goes, it's holding pressure and you're doing great. And well, anyway, they wheeled me into recovery. I was there for about 14 hours and uh, surrounded by nurses that were telling me things like, you're not allowed to eat cheese anymore. Cheese is bad. And they said, after all, you have to remember, you're not a child anymore and you're not growing. We eat too much. You know, and they were wagging the finger at me, and I'm just looking at them like, lady, I don't know, okay? I like cheese. And then the doctor comes. He says, Mr. Moore, I recommend you stop eating meat. And I said, Doc, you don't know what you're asking of me. He said, give up beef. Just stop eating. I'm like, I can't do that, Doc, but I'll make you a deal. I'll switch over to grass-fed beef. How about that? He says, okay, I'll, I can do that deal, he said. <laughs> anyway, I'm grateful for the fact that I'm alive. Because in truth, I don't think I really fully understood until I researched it a bit more later. And then I saw the video where they were showing how they shot that die into the heart. And everyone, I got to tell you something. You would watch it go in and stop right at that plugged artery. I mean, I just simply shouldn't be alive today. That's the reality. But I am because God told me a few years ago that he wasn't done with me and that I had a long life to live in ministry and to serve him. And I claimed that. I believe that's true. It was actually prophetically spoken to me. And 
here God has preserved my life. And I have the great privilege of being able to be on this radio station, to lead a church, to lead a ministry, to go all over the world and preach and teach and help pastors and do crusades around the world and be able to do relief work and serving in our community. And I mean, really, does it get any better than that? And folks, in this country, this place, this United States where we live, it has given me the platform to be able to do that. From this nation and our prosperity and the fact that people support our ministry and and believe in me and have my back, well, the reality is, everybody, it's from all of that that I'm able to go out and do all of these things. And I truly am incredibly blessed. I'm not wealthy. In fact, I don't even earn a paycheck presently as a pastor. But folks, you know, that's okay. I mean, eventually it will get there. We're a new church plant. I don't expect the church to be able to pay me a salary at this stage when we're only into the fifth month of doing our church. But you know, folks, um, nonetheless, God has taken care of our needs. We've, we've, we're so blessed. We, my wife and I bought our first home when we moved here to the Pacific Northwest. That's part of what the blessings have been of moving to this area, because we were never able to afford a house where we lived before. The prices were literally four times higher there than they are here for the same equivalent home and property. And we, we just said, we're never going to be able to do it. It's just out of reach. And then we moved here and suddenly we could. And thank God for that. Praise Jesus. I mean, it's hard work to keep it all up, but, but we have it. It's, it's ours and it's great. Jesus gave that to us. You know, the blessings of liberty and life. Well, we've got to be grateful and thankful, everybody. Well, you know, we're going to go to a break, but when we come back, we're going to look a little bit at the history of Thanksgiving. And again, if you want to call in and share your Thanksgiving message, you can do so by calling 503-242-1330. I'm thankful for family and friends. And with that comes hardship, but I'm thankful that I have those relationships because there are many people in the world who don't have them, um, both friends and family far and near. I'm thankful for my dog because she gets me happy in the darkest times that I feel like, and she's just there for me, and she listens to me. If your car has a problem, there's a better way. Hi, this is Tim from Tim's Automotive. Do you have a check engine light on or a rattle you just can't figure out or just an annoying thing that your car or truck does that drives you absolutely nuts? We can fix it. Just call us, 503-656-0600, or check us out on the web at tims-automotive.com. Does your car wonder, shimmy or shake? Tim's Automotive will keep your car in shape. Tim's Automotive. Well, you know, I stepped outside this morning, and wouldn't you know it, the thermometer said it was 33 degrees, 
So you can see that it's getting pretty chilly out here in the Pacific Northwest, and you don't want to get caught in the cold this winter with problems with your car. Well, Tim's Automotive is offering right now a winterized special for only $119. You can get your car into the shop over there at Tim's Automotive, and they're going to check your cooling system. They're going to flush all that out, get it all ship-shape. And while they've got the car in there, they're going to go ahead and check your windshield wiper blades, replace your windshield washer fluid. They're going to take a look at that battery, make sure it's all good good and charged up as it needs to be so you'll keep being able to start it every single morning when you get ready to go to work and they're going to check your tire pressure as well and look at your tread and you guys if you want to schedule that service again $119 what a deal just call Tim's Automotive at 503-656-0600 that's Tim's Automotive at 503-656-0600 give them a call and get your car in there and let them check it out for you to make sure that you're good to go all the way through the holiday season and beyond. Well, you know what, everybody? We've been talking about Thanksgiving, and we've been hearing here and there the folks that have shared their Thanksgiving memories, and we want to give you an opportunity to do that as well. If you will just give us a call at 503-242-1330, that's 503-242-1330, we'd be glad to go ahead and put you on the air to share your Thanksgiving wishes while you are thankful and we will also be recording that so that then on Thanksgiving Day we'll re-air this program so that we can have a really wonderful Thanksgiving Rose City Forum program where you can also just flip on the radio while you're getting all the turkey and the stuffing and all the stuff ready for family for a great feast and you can listen to those greetings as well. That would be a really cool way to celebrate the holiday. All right, everybody, here's a couple more scriptures on Thanksgiving for us. First Thessalonians 5, 6, 16 through 18 it says rejoice always pray without ceasing give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you and then also Psalms 104 it says enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise Give thanks to him, bless his name. Oh my goodness, the Bible has so much to tell us, you guys, about being thankful and how it's the quality of the Christian life. And you know, speaking of religion and what we believe as Christians and the importance of all of that, you know, there are places all around the world where people are persecuted for what they believe not only the Christian faith, but other faiths as well. But because we are Christians, we'll talk about that and our history, there has been a lot of persecution in the church from the first century on to the present. It continues to happen all over the world, whether it's behind the Iron Curtain of, of China in communist China. There is, of course, lots of persecution where the church was had to be driven underground, and there are so many stories that come out of China, however, of how God has just continued to grow the church in mighty numbers in the multi-millions of people coming to faith in Christ, even in the midst of persecution. And of course, I've seen in my travels to Southeast Asia and also in Africa, the aftermath of some of the persecution of the church, and even uh, worse, what happens when the church is persecuted and is pulled away from the culture or society as what happened in Rwanda with the machete killings in the mid-90s where over a, a million and a half people were 
um, left for dead, basically, when this incredible evil swept through the land. But what preceded a lot of that was persecution of the church. Of course, that was true in Uganda, where Idi Amin had come in and decided that he would burn all the churches down to the ground, and, and in their place he built mosques by which he had made agreements with radical Islamic jihadists to build these mosques and begin to subjugate the people into a belief that really was not their own. And, uh, you know, it's remarkable how these things happen all over the world. And then even as recently as 1620, when a very small ship called the Mayflower, and we all know the story, the pilgrims that left Plymouth, England, carrying, I believe, it was around 120 passengers that were recorded on that ship. And they were an assortment of these religious separatists who had said, hey, we just want to be free to worship, and we've heard about this new world. And um, they thought, let's go check it out. Let's let's make plans. Let's go there. Let's see if we can start a new life. And And, of course, this was before the time of the colonies, but it was the beginnings of those things beginning to be established. And, of course, we had the Jamestown colony, and, and eventually— uh, over a period of some time, we eventually had the 13 colonies, which eventually became the impetus of the United States of America. But how grateful we are that those early beginnings for us as a nation, that foundation is where the value for religious liberty and freedom comes from. And it doesn't matter whether you're Christian or whether you're Muslim or whether you're Buddhist or, or any other belief, you're allowed to be free to believe those things. And the debate that takes place between, you know, whether it's Christian uh, truth or, or Muslims and, or whether it's Buddhist or whether it's, it's Krishna or, or Hinduism or even Satanism, which I think is ridiculous. Ridiculous, of course, but I, I would say that without that debate, we would be a lesser people. But because we have the debate, well, the truth comes out. And when the truth comes out, the truth sets you free. And as a Christian, I believe the truth is found in Jesus Christ and the salvation that is found in him and the forgiveness of sin. What a great thing. Well, the pilgrims believed that. They wanted the freedom to worship their God and to be able to celebrate that. And so, they took this journey that I am to understand took about 66 days to be able to sail across to the New World. And then they got there in the time of the winter period. And so they stayed on the Mayflower for all, that entire period and, and suffering scurvy and disease. And a lot of people died, but eventually they were able to come on shore. And folks, this was not easy, okay? Let's paint a picture here. When they, where they came from was a settled land, England and, and all of Western Europe by this time in the 1600s was already settled. Uh, you were in the period of the Tudor period and so on. Uh, you had uh, such people as Sir Walter Raleigh, a famous explorer, and was uh, you know kind of well known for his love of tobacco, which had come from the New World. And actually, there's a funny story about him smoking a pipe, laying on a chaise lounge or something, and uh, his servant thought he was on fire because he was seeing the smoke rising from his face, and so he threw a bucket of water on him and doused him and all this stuff. And uh, but, you know, those times were a time of transition. There's a, a great scene in the 
uh, it was a, a mini series that was called The Tudors. And actually, I don't really recommend for people that uh, have young children. It's very violent. And there was a lot of uh, implied sexuality in there. It was not holy. <laughs> but overall, the history of it was very interesting. And there was a scene in which Henry VIII is, is pulling some fruit from a basket that was sitting on his uh, table there. And he's with his privy council. And and he's taking a bite of this thing, and he tosses one to one of his advisors, and and he's look looking at them, and he simply says, "Fruit from the new world," and it's showing it all dribbling down his face, and and he simply says to them, "Everything is changing," and it's a great picture that a world was emerging, the world that we would eventually come from, as I said, the United States of America. Uh, But folks, isn't it interesting that again in our foundation, the very history of our nation was built from a place of hardship. And so when these pilgrims landed, it wasn't like, oh, look at this. We we got the instant pop-up tent in the house and we can just, you know, break ground and live here. Isn't this wonderful? And and we'll just like have all these great things. No, they had to clear the ground. And and when we say clear the ground, by the way, cutting trees, they didn't have chainsaws, everybody. All right, let's get real here. This is uh, working with axes and and saws by hand and and cutting and chopping and clearing and and having to then build the house and there's no electric lamps and and heaters and washing machines and mechanized there's no uh, uh, equipment to go and clear the land and pull the weeds and treat the land you know with herbicides or whatever I mean the thing is they're fighting the growth and the winters and the harshness I mean it's just nonstop and. And thank God they had help from the native population that came alongside and said, you know what, you guys are kind of silly, you white men. Uh, we, we're going to help you to understand how to do some of this in a way that will be a little less difficult for you. And sadly, that was really in our history one of the only bright spots in which we were dealing with uh, each other in peaceful coexistence between native tribes and and those uh, settlers there. But, uh, well, at least at that time, it's a great picture of what harmony and and mutual cooperation can look like. And I'm grateful for that, too. And by the way, if you haven't ever thought about this, um, what we celebrate with Thanksgiving and our feast today, well, it didn't look anything like what they ate then. I thought the list of what they ate then was so remarkable. They were eating things like lobster. They had seal meat. They ate uh, the wild bird swans and, and other things. They didn't really eat turkey. We don't know that for sure, but it's thought that they probably did not. Um, but when I heard they had clams and things like that, I thought, well, maybe that's where the idea of, of, of having shellfish in your stuffing comes from. I have no idea, but you've heard of oyster stuffing and these kind of things. I have no idea, but, you know, I just think it's very interesting. And um, the one thing I will say... I would love having lobster be on my Thanksgiving table. That's never happened. But a little lobster-drawn butter. May Roger, I think it's almost time for lunch. What do you think? Well, anyway, folks, we got to go to a break. And if I've whet your appetite, well, go grab a sandwich, and we'll see you back in a few minutes. I'm so thankful for God's loving care, and that is care is with us today and into our futures here on this planet and 
most of all, that he's going to care for us through eternity. I am thankful that God has kept my heart open through every circumstance and every trial that this world has tried to throw at me and that I can share that love with others. I am very thankful to live in a time and a place where it's still acceptable and I'm allowed to love God. Uh, And I'm thankful that God remains with our leaders, even despite uh, dissidence and forced political correctness. I'm also grateful for my... Uh, my mom's dog, Maisie, the, she's part Chihuahua, part Mexican sheep dog, and she's just so adorable, and I love holding something in my arms, other than my little sister. I am thankful definitely for family and friends, and uh, always been partial to the Holy Spirit, so thankful for Jesus' gift on the cross, giving me the Holy Spirit inside. It gives me discernment and wisdom to see through the things that are not so bright in this world. Welcome back to the Rose City Forum, everyone. You know, it's so special to hear those Thanksgiving greetings and people sharing their thoughts and what they're thankful for. Would it surprise you to know that Scripture talks about that we can make a Thanksgiving offering? In Psalm one sixteen seventeen, it says, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. Now, everybody, what this is not talking about is sacrificing your deck by having a vat full of peanut oil and dropping a frozen turkey into it when it's over full, and there goes your deck up in flames, and you say, well, I guess I sacrificed for Jesus. Uh, No, that's not exactly what this is talking about. Okay, I'm being silly and and so on, but, uh, you know, we're keeping it lighthearted here on the Rose City Forum today. It is Thanksgiving week, and we're so grateful for all the things God gives us uh, all around us. You know, folks, everyone, I just want to say, you know, pull back that hoodie for a moment, pop your head up high, and, and look out at the world around you, and take a deep breath, and realize that, wow, we have so much to be thankful for. All right. Now, I realize there are people that are homeless on the street and then we're hearing about terrorist things around the world. And and there's, you know, people who have lost loved ones, as I have in my life and so on. And we remember all of them during the holiday season, of course, and sometimes it's very hard for people. But it can help us a great deal if we just sort of look up and with that uh, that swagger of sorts that I talked about, head held high, confidence in Jesus, because he's always good all the time, everybody. And remember, 1 Corinthians 1, 4 says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God, which is given you by Jesus Christ. We have grace. We've been given mercy by God. We've been given hope and a future and great plans, says Jeremiah. You know, uh, the Lord was speaking speaking to him and saying, I got a great future for you, buddy, and uh, for the nation of Israel and for the church, and we need to embrace those promises and that truth. I mean, everyone, there's so much to be grateful for, and I want us to be thinking about that today. And one of the, the things that's fun around the holidays is all the laughter and the joy, and you've got to put that in perspective. You know, um, 
one of our traditions, as I'm sure it is for many of you, is while we're cooking our meal, we've got that Macy's Thanksgiving parade thrown up there. And, and yeah, okay, some of it's kind of cheesy. You know, one day, though, on my bucket list, I do want to stand out there in the crowd and brave that cold and watch all of those uh, balloons and floats go by and, and everything. But I don't know if you knew this, but the very first Macy's Thanksgiving parade actually featured live animals and they would be walking there and and it was kind of like a zoo on the streets and all these things well they've they've taken that now and made them big blimp balloon animals or whatever but i remember one of the funny episodes on the show seinfeld where the balloons were going across uh, the window of his apartment and i think one of them got stuck and so they're all like yanking on the thing trying to get it loose and you know and there actually have been some where the balloon let loose and it's all floating bouncing off the buildings and everything and uh well you know you just gotta laugh sometimes things happen well speaking of things that can happen i'm preparing for church and i told you we did our kind of church thanksgiving feast yesterday on sunday and and uh my wife comes i've got a home office there and my wife comes running back into my office honey i can't find the giblets i don't know i don't know aren't they supposed to be in the bird and I'm like, yeah, they're probably there somewhere. And I said, well, let me come out. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking kind of down in the cavity, and I'm like, yeah, there's no giblets in there. What's going on? And then I said, well, hon, did you flip the bird over? And uh, because uh, I, I think it's where the head used to be. You might pull that little flap up, and I think they're stuffed in there, maybe wrapped in paper or something. And she goes, oh, yeah, I forgot to look in there. So she pulls that little flap of skin back and looks in there. She goes, oh, sure enough, here they are, heart, liver, and all that stuff. I said, you're not planning on using those, are you? And she's like, no. And I said, thank you, because I can't stand it. <laughs> and so she said, okay, I'll throw them out. So anyway, uh, you know, just one of those funny things. However, there are times we forget that they're there, right? Stick the thing in the oven. You're like, what is that awful smell, <laughs> you know? And it's the paper burning in the oven and everything. So, folks, little Thanksgiving a word of advice from yours truly, Timothy Moore, pastor and host of the Rose City Forum. Check your bird carefully and make sure you've taken the giblets out before you put it in the oven. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, hey, that's cooking tips to be had here on the Rose City Forum. See, we're a full-service program, everybody. You didn't know that. By the way, in the few minutes we have left, it's only about two minutes. If you want to give a quick call in and share your greeting, you certainly can. 503-242-1330. Well, folks, um, one of the things that I mentioned earlier, too, was about the food that they ate at the first Thanksgiving. We talked about how they had the the, the fowl and, and the duck and the goose and the swans and all that and the shellfish and, and oysters and clams and lobsters. They had venison and they ate pumpkin. It wasn't pumpkin pie. But contrast that today where we have stuffing, we've got corn, we've got turkey and yams and sweet potatoes and pie and, and we've got this incredible feast. Sometimes we throw ham in there and, and of course there's the cranberry sauce and potatoes loaded with gravy and all of this well here's a statistic for you this thanksgiving probably somewhere in the in the neighborhood of about 46 million turkeys will be consumed as compared to only 20 million at christmas time and even 19 million around easter so definitely this is the time for turkey and we just love it here and nearly 80 percent of all americans will eat turkey this thanksgiving and that 
comes out to an average of about 13.3 pounds of turkey that are consumed every year per person. That's a lot of fowl. And uh, <laughs> that doesn't even include all the chicken and, and everything else we eat. And, uh, you know, I once read that 30% of all chicken consumed in America are chicken McNuggets. So that's kind of weird. But anyway, uh, you know, folks, what I want to do is uh, say happy Thanksgiving to you. Have a wonderful time with family. Be safe out there. And we're going to close out the Rose City Forum with a few more Thanksgiving greetings. And I will say God bless you all. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for a wife who loves me and supports me in ministry and in my decisions as the leader of my house, and that thankful that she is also willing to uh, go through the difficult times in life with me. I'm very grateful for my family, for my three daughters. Um, I'm also grateful um, that over 30 years ago I came to a country where I could um, celebrate Thanksgiving having never celebrated <laughs> quite this way before. Um, so I'm, I'm very grateful for, for everything.